Rookie Thievers. Rookie Player Profile Edition. Welcome back to Rookie Fever. I brought him back. It's John Lobb on the job. Rookie Fever Player Profiles with the Gridiron Scholar. That's Gridiron Skull 91 on Twitter. We have to advertise for Twitter for free at the top of the show. I appreciate that very much because that's the only payment I'm getting from the Rookie Fever team. Well, they don't pay us. They don't pay us. We're just trying to push people to Twitter still for some reason. (laughs) Just hoping it stays around another couple years. (laughs) Man, John, we got to get into this show. But have you ever thought of the fact that we've been advertising for Twitter for free for years and now they want us to pay $8 for a checkmark? I did give that a lot of debate, dude. That is like, I've been giving you free publicity and now you're charging me to give you free publicity. Seems like it's a bad deal somehow. But it's one I of know? the most clever things to happen to social media. Like, hey, you want to find me? Go to this social media platform. And now, like, they're like, man, I, so I have to make a Twitter account? Like, this is okay. So I'll, I'll go follow John, which you absolutely should. Go follow John at GridironSkull91 on Twitter. I'm very happy to have you back to do another player profile. We're doing Quentin Johnston out of TCU, another big body wide receiver as I like. <laughs> what is this now like? Because we mentioned when you you were here for Charbonnet, third or fourth year in a row doing this, but this is probably five to six player profiles you've done with us. And yeah, because we did two last year, two this year, and then I I would say this is the sixth player profile I've done with you. Because I think we just did one the first two years. I could be off maybe, but I would say this is the sixth episode. We've done together, my friend. Uh, on player profiles. Yeah. Yes. yes. Cuckoo, cachoo. <laughs> Holy I'm cow. Honored. I'm honored. So, Most people don't ever have me back six times. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, <laughs> I'm very happy to be back. So, we mentioned earlier, like, I, I think it's a shame if we don't introduce your work at, at the top of the show here, too, just in case for some reason they're not going to go back and listen to Jack, Zach Charbonnet. Cause as you mentioned in that show, they might not, they might not like him. So they should probably go back. I'm going to let you <laughs> mention the rookie big board, everything you're doing over there, as well as FF diehards. Thank you, my friend. Um, I'm honored to be with you, but. More importantly, it's my 10th anniversary of doing my rookie profiles with the football diehards. I was very honored by Amel to um, publish them with Bob Harris. I love both those guys. They've been great to me. Known for over 30 years, I think, now. We're finally really old. I'm getting old swags. So they were willing to put up my fin, you know, 10 years ago. So what is it, 2014? They were willing to put up my profiles for the first year. Um, I went back. I've improved so much. I have a running back model. And when you go read it on Football Diards, you can see my running back model. I have all the – in the running back model, I have the best prospects at all the positions that I've graded in my model for the last 10 years, including this year's class. So I have a lot of stuff in there for readers, so I'm very excited for this 10th year. And I think I've gotten a lot better at it. I mean, if you do something and you love it and it's your passion, you should be reflecting – and improving on your work. So I really like where I am right now 
and how I assess players. It's the fourth year with Matt Hicks, my teammate at the rookie big board. We're doing our pro, our pro, uh, pro rookie profiles I guess, on the rookie big board. Each one's about eight to 10 minutes long. And we do four a week for about 10 weeks. So we'll end up with 40 profiles on the rookie big board, which can be found on YouTube. That's a lot. <laughs> so at least I'm getting better now. I'm more efficient than I was yeah. four or five years grind. ago. <laughs> it's the grind. The grind is there, but it's better than it will. Oh, my God. If I look back at the old days, dude, the grind was so much harder. <laughs> Quentin Johnston, if you had – because Zach Charbonnet is your guy. Yeah. We know that. Is this your second guy? Like, is this your wide receiver that you would hang your hat on? I know it's a little early in the show for for this, but is this your guy? No, and that's why I chose him. Ooh. There's some flags here that I think people are overlooking. I like Quentin Johnson. I'm a little lower on him than most. I have him at number four. But there are red flags that I'm concerned about. Do I like him? Yes. I think he should be a first-round pick. I don't think he's a top 10. He's not Julio Jones. He's not A.J. Green. He's not a no-brainer top 10. I even wonder if he's as good as Drake London. We can get into that later. I think there's some parts of this man's game that people are overlooking, and I have some question marks. So maybe I'm going to be the Debbie Downer, but that's why I came on. Because I just see a lot of waxing poetically, and I'm not sure that I'm in agreement with the masses. Now, do I like him? Yes. Is he my guy? No. I don't expect to own a ton of Quentin Johnson and Dynasty because I think the price is too high for me, my friend. Man, I I like the direction. It's like we're grilling. I thought we were going to throw in (laughs) some nice New York strips and spice it up, and John's like, you know what? Can we move that grill to the shade, please? <laughs> yes, I'm coming here to throw some shade and water on the fire. <laughs> I love it, man. Like, I, I really do, because that's an interesting aspect of this, is we do get really excited all the time, but there are some flaws in anybody's game, and we know that a rookie hit rate, I mean, is far less than 100% anyway. With that said, let's try to get a little bit of the positive in the way, what does this player do well that could make him that success in the NFL or that you feel like people are seeing that will make him be perceived that way? First thing, I'm going to tell you two things that I know people are in love with, and then I'll go into his background. 6'4", 215. There's no question the size is off the charts. And when you watch as much Quentin Johnson as I have at TCU, It's clearly obvious. That's why I brought up the comparisons to A.J. Green and Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson, the classic big X receiver. He made Bruce Feldman's freak list last summer. He was number 23. So we know he oozes athleticism. And if you watch any game tape or you watch ECU and the Horn Frogs, you do see it at times. Let me say this again at times. And why I, anyone who's listened to me, I love watching games and taking notes. I think it's important to get that kind of first impression perspective and write it down and swags. 
I watched TCU six times this year, and eventually I was studying Max Dubin also, and they just became, and they had a great running back in Kendra Miller. So they were, and they were, they went to the playoffs, so they were fun to watch. And as I'm watching this game, I kept writing one thing: Where is Quinton Johnson? Swags, he disappears, mm. and it doesn't just happen once. This is a three-year thing with him. Now I don't know if it's the coaching staff. I don't know if it's the defense putting the umbrella on him. I don't know if he just zones out and decides not to play. So I don't know what it is. But I have in my notes, and I'm like faking. I have a notepad in my hand here. I have my notes in a file on the other side of the room. But it says, where is Quentin Johnson? And I have things like disappeared from game for entire quarter, two quarters, or a half. So if you are the alpha male in the – passing game and you're like drake london i dare you to go see drake london and say to yourself where did he where did he go last year at ucl usc drake london was peppered i think he averaged like 14 targets a game it was absolutely ludicrous ludicrous and he almost averaged 10 you never i never wrote down where is drake london i wrote that down constantly with quentin johnson so that's just now that's my impression right like that's a Game by game. And I went back and studied some tape. Swags. He just disappears. Hmm. Like, I, I, like he's just not part of the game. So that's my first thing. But let's go back to what we talked about his athletic ability. <clears throat> we talked about his size. Where does that come from? Where does the narrative come from? What do people like from him? He was a four-star prospect in high school. So there's no question that this – you got Bruce Feldman loves him, puts him on the freak list. He's a four-star prospect coming out of the state of Texas. He was the number 13 receiver in the nation in high school and number nine overall player in Texas. We know Texas puts out a boatload of future NFL stars. So you got this early pedigree. If you don't know TCU, had a longtime coach, Gary Patterson. Gary Patterson was so long there, he coached Ladanian Tomlinson, I believe. I believe. I could be wrong. But I'm, I'm pretty sure. I should have double-checked before I came on the show. But he was there for over two decades, right? So we have a coach there for a long time. Quinton Johnson was the second highest-rated recruit to ever come to TCU by Gary Patterson, right? So a lot of light bulbs are flashing in college football draft mix, right? Like, oh, my God. Gary Patterson got this athletic freak. He's from the state of Texas, and he chose the Horn Frogs over the Longhorns or the Aggies. Like, I'm sure there were other teams in Texas interested in him. So that's very impressive. We go back to his freshman year. Obviously, he's on the radar. I didn't have him as a number one, but he was in my – I kind of watch high school freshmen in buckets. Here, I got these 10 guys I want to see how they're doing. I, I can't tell you with a shadow of a doubt – Unless you get the star. Like, I love Nicholas Singleton last year. I personally don't think there's a Nicholas Singleton Penn State running back in this year's freshman group. But usually I put him in buckets. So you go back to his freshman year. In Big 12 history, team best 22.1 yards per catch was the highest by a true freshman ever. So he pops. 22.1 for a freshman is impressive. At all Power 5 programs, Second best average by a true freshman since 2008. That's impressive company, right? He only had 22 receptions, but that's enough for a true freshman. 487 yards and scored twice. 
And, and when I say he disappeared, that's freshman year. That's understandable. Now, all types of balloons, fireworks shooting up. I mean, this is a young man people are really excited about his sophomore year in 2021. He ended up leading TCU in receiving. He had the most yards, but he only had 634. Yards per reception, 19.2. So he's very strong and touchdown to six. Now, if you watch the Horned Frogs, they're more of a running game, and they've had Max Duggan, who's a very good runner with the football. So that takes away from the passing game. But he ended up missing three games due to an injury that year. But he was named first team all Big 12. So there's a lot of things to like. He hasn't reached, to my opinion, after two years, he hasn't reached the ceiling. But he's been impressive. So we enter this season. I'm looking for a Drake London year. Now, I knew it would be a challenge with the system they run, but they brought in Sonny Dykes, a new coach. He was from SMU, and he's a very good passing game offensive coordinator. So you expected an uptick in offensive production. Gary Patterson was fired, I think it was about halfway through the twenty-one, the 2021 season. You expected Sonny Dykes to have a more exciting offense. You worried about Max Duggan, who was going to be the quarterback. He didn't even start the season as the quarterback if you didn't know. So we were unsure about the quarterback position. Quinton Johnson posted his best season for the Horn Frogs. I believe they were 11-1 or 12-1. They lost in the Big 12 championship game to Kansas State, but they earned the playoff bid, and they beat your boys and mine, the Michigan Wolverines. For the year, now, these include playoff numbers, so this is important. He had 60 receptions for 1,069 yards and only six touchdowns, averaging 17.8 yards per carry. He was named first team all Big 12. Against Michigan, he was dominant, six for 163 and one. Now, I still don't know what Michigan did. How he got, remember that long touchdown? You must have watched the game where he got it on a crossing pattern and there wasn't, unfortunately, a Wolverine in the entire screen. Mm. Like, how does Quinn Johnson get that open? That is a breakdown in coverage. And he scores on that long touchdown. But he was good in that game. Here's a tale of two careers with Quinton Johnson. Against Georgia, one catch, three yards. That's Quinton Johnson's entire career, my friend. Yeah, and that's in college. Now, now, was Georgia better than TCU? Absolutely. Should he have but one catch for three yards? Dude, I would have been disappointed with five for 60. He was one for three. That's really bad. Like I said, he tends to disappear. What did Georgia do? Did they take him out of his game? Did they frustrate him so much? <clears throat> I don't see how TCU goes away from him. It's a national championship game, for Christ's sakes. right? Mm-hmm. You should get the ball into his hands, and he disappears. And like I said earlier in the show tonight, that happens with this young man. He disappears, my friend. So what did he do at the end of the season? Four games over 100 yards. That's good, not great. Look at what a guy like Xavier Hutchinson did this year. Look at what a young man Drake London did last year. I would expect similar production. He had a career best against Kansas, 14 receptions, so he can be the alpha male. Here we got him against Michigan, and then here we got him against Kansas, 14 for 206 and a touchdown. But what happens in other games? There's games where he has two or three catches. I mean, <clears throat> if you go back to his game log swag, 
Look at the first month of the season. He's awful. College fantasy football universe was freaking out. Like, do we bench him? What do we do? I remember going on a podcast and I said, I'll swallow the bullet. I'm benching Quinn Johnson. I'm not playing him in DFS. I'm done. And you know what he did? He exploded. And he had a good rest. <laughs> the but Will he, Fuller Award, we call Will that. Fuller, yes. Like, you finally bench him and he goes off. But but was Will Fuller really like? Isn't he frustrating in fantasy yeah. with that disappear? Quinn Johnson does the same thing. At the end of his career, he only had nine games with over a hundred yards. Now let me tell you where the model concerns me. I plugged in the numbers, and I didn't. I thought they would be disappointing, but they're even more disappointing. I'm looking at 150 career receptions. He only has 115. That's a bother. Running routes matters experience matters. He hasn't run as many routes. He hasn't had um, a complex route tree. And one thing, this is where film matters and watching the tape matters. When Quinton Johnson, I said in the first month, he wasn't good. When he was in a rut swags, they moved him to the slot and they changed the routes. You're telling me if he's supposed to be a classic X, why did they have to move him inside? Unlike Drake London, remember last year, he had played in the slot when Amon Ross St. Brown was there. Mm-hmm. And people were concerned that Drake London only played slot. Then they moved Drake London to the Amon Ra USC X, mm-hmm. and he became a rock star. So we saw Drake London move out. Why did Quinton Johnson have to move in? Now, did he still produce from the X as the season moved along? Yes. But to really unlock him, I feel like they almost had a trick the defense. We're going to throw him in the slot in this game. Kansas wasn't ready for it, and then he exploded. That is coaching. But if you have a true alpha male, if you have that true – does anyone – scheme for Jerry Rice? Do you scheme for Julio? Yes, you do. You know, I'm exaggerating to make a point, but you can take Julio Jones when he was in his prime, throw him out on the X, and he's going to beat the man more often than not just by himself, right? So Mm -hmm. why did they have to do this, lack of a better word, trickery with Quentin Johnson? That concern. Now, I'm starting to wonder, like, if at this point the NFL will see some of the concerns that you see as well, though. And if he's one of those players that maybe the dynasty community will be a little bit higher on than the NFL, and then draft capital will actually show how the NFL feels about him, and he'll yeah, just get so, drafted to the Cardinals in the fourth or fifth round. So I will say this we know the NFL loves speed and size. And that all you need is one team in the top 20 to fall in love with them, just like Traylon Burks. I, I like Traylon Burks. He had his moments this year, but I knew he was going to get first-round draft capital because that size and speed, the NFL, it's like a golden nugget in the 1849 yeah. gold rush. They can't not go for it, right? Like, so you think he'll get that first-round draft capital? I do. If I had a bet yeah. right now, I think he's got – now, hey, maybe they're going to see my concerns and maybe he falls. But mm-hmm. they're going to see the 6'4". What, 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 what is he, 215? They're going to see 6'4". Oh, he's listed it. What do I have him at here? Why 215. They're going to see that, and someone's going to fall in love with it, right? That's just yeah. going to happen. But I like catch percentages and everything, and it's not necessarily a clear definition of your hands, right? There's some sub, 
subject subjectivity in was the good throw, was it a catchable pass, right? But I'll say this. When you're taking a, lo- a large swath of data, catch percentage tends to work itself out. Does that make sense? It takes out the outliers. I'm looking for a 65% catch rate. He has a 61. Hmm. He doesn't hit my benchmark. So he doesn't have the number of receptions, and he doesn't have the catch rate. As an example, Josh Downs at UNC has a 78% catch rate, baby. Oh, my God. JSN, you did a show with uh, my teammate um, at the Rookie Big Board. Skip Noon. Skip Noon. He has an 85% catch rate. Quinton Johnson has a 61. That's not good. Yeah. Another flag. I'm looking for team aerial dominator. I'm looking for a a, a, um, a benchmark of 30. (laughs) Excuse me, everyone. He has 27%. As an example, Jordan Addison, 34%. Josh Downs, 40%. Zay Flowers, BC, 36%. He has 27%. What is happening? Yeah, he's low in all the categories, isn't he? And here's a very sticky stat. Receiving yards per team pass attempt. Very sticky stat. You're looking at a benchmark of two and a half yards every time the team throws the football. As an example, Josh Downs. I should have done this show on Josh Downs. Three (laughs) (laughs) Josh Downs popped in my model a lot more. Um. Josh Downs, receiving yards per pass attempt, team pass attempt, 3.5. One of the highest in the last three years. Quint Johnson, 2.35. That's not good. Swags, yeah. in a very sticky stat, Quinton Johnson does not have the number that I'm looking for. All right? That is a concern. Now, <coughs> excuse me, it's not everything. But that – so I, my model says – there's some concern here, which I will say this. At best, I think he's Traylon Burks and he's going to need time to develop. Now, route running is subjective. I don't think he's a great route runner, Swags. He has a limited tree. He excelled in the slot at times in long crossing patterns. But he's not as good as A.J. Brown. How good is A.J. Brown on that 15-yard crossing pattern from the wide side of the field to the short? I mean, that's almost an unstoppable route. He's not in that ballpark. He's not in that ballpark. I, I I just I don't think he has the footwork on the boundary. One of the things I always loved about Ho- Julio Jones, his footwork on the boundary was exceptional. Yeah, I don't I don't think he the has toe that. Taps. Either. Oh my God, taps, dude! Yeah, give me some toe <laughs> taps all day. Now, part of it might be the quarterback play at TCU, <laughs> right? So that I'm not discounting that. I'm not going to discount that, but I don't, but I haven't seen it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I have some red flags there. That's why I'm going to be lower on him than most of the people in the dynasty community. Now, if he gets top five draft capital, which I don't expect, but if he did, of course I'm going to think differently. Yeah, that's a tough one, man. When it, when that happens to somebody like that, it almost makes yeah. you just want to have somebody else bite on that player that you already kind of don't like. And well, that um, that's what would happen, capital, right? you know. Yeah, he will become the top three or four dynasty pick, and I, I won't get him. I just, I, I'm not going to take him there. Yeah, so man, let's let's do this. Um, also, like compared to last year's class, like I mean, you got me thinking, like <laughs> Tyquan Thornton, Jalen Tolbert. Um, okay, <laughs> you you uh, 
You have pissed on his sunshine. Well, can I, before we go back, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to let me just do some good things that I like about him, okay? Because I, I, he is my number it's too four. late. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just because <laughs> he is my number four wide receiver. So it's not, and I do think he'll go in the first round, dude. He reaches top end speed very. He gains separation late in his route because he has very long legs and he can use his arms. Like sometimes he'll push. Now mm. they're smaller defensive backs in the Big Twelve. He, this isn't SEC, and maybe that's why Georgia was able to shut him down, right? But he can get that, you know, little arm tap, put the elbow out there, the long elbow, and the referee just, eh, you know, they just let. So you get some late separation with the speed. He does stack opponents. When he's running down the field, he'll stack his defensive back. And if you have an Aaron Rodgers, if you have that guy who can just throw the ball in the bucket, he can do that because he's stacked the guy. He wins in tight coverage. I mean, he does use his body. He has decent body control. I don't think he's incredible, but I think he's good. And he does have nice leaping ability. Where he does, where one, I'll give him a very high grade on this. And we saw, I mentioned it, the long touchdown against Michigan. When he has a head start on the defensive back and he can get into full gear swags, he doesn't get caught from behind. His run and catch ability in that type of situation with that speed and those long, le- long legs. He's very good. He has above average hands, and he's a he's a savvy pass catcher. He does make some high popping acrobatic catches because you see the athleticism there. My other concern: Are the sum of the parts good enough in the whole? He leaves me yearning for more. I watched the game and I said, "Where's more?" Like I just want more. Now I'm going to throw the biggest bucket on here. People, look at wide receivers coming out of the Big 12 in the last 10 years. Swags, I I know you probably haven't looked at numbers, but I know you're a smart man. How good are the wide receivers transitioning from the Big 12 into the NFL in general? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing this isn't going to be good, John. <laughs> it's not good, brother. <laughs> you all, remember all those Baylor wide receivers? And let me give you, t- right? None of them turned out to be anything long-term. Now, C.D. Lamb is the best Oklahoma Sooner by far. How many other Oklahoma Sooner wide receivers can you name, my friend? Any Texas wide receivers? They're not Mm. good from the Big 12, brother. And let me throw the ultimate bucket of scolding hot water. Can I bring up the names of former Horn Frogs, Josh Dotson and Jalen Rager? Yeah. Don't don't scout the school. I understand. Man, I I got really but, burnt by Dotson oh, back in the day. He was a first round pick. So is Rager. Yeah, yeah. Here's the biggest thing. Oh, I didn't get burnt by Rager. That that one was silly. That was yeah, too I obvious. Didn't get Rager. I I liked him, but I didn't draft him. Think about this: the Eagles draft. That was when Rager. one person can say a name with a lot of excitement and make Twitter go crazy. That was <laughs> one analyst getting too excited, and I'm not Here, going to mention his name. Here's the, the two best trivia questions, and I love this. The Vikings have a great trivia question. Who was drafted ahead of Randy Moss and Justin Jefferson, Kevin Dyson, and Jalen Rager? I mean, think about how lucky the Vikings yeah. got twice. The Titans took Kevin Dyson over Randy Moss and the Eagles 
ended up dropping Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. I mean, yeah. they just the, – the Vikings got fallen. In. So there's some concerns here with Quentin Johnson that I have. So that's why – do I see it at times? Yes, Swags, I do. I get why people love him. But I have to measure every aspect of the, of the prospect. And there are some concerns in him. Now, you asked a great question. Right now, there's no, going in last year's class, he's nowhere close to Garrett Wilson. Nowhere close to Chris Olave. Nowhere close to Drake London. I can't tell you about Jamison Williams because we have the injury. That's such a hard thing. We, we saw a little bit of him at the end. Let's take a no decision. Traylon Burks and him are close, and we know we had different perspectives about Burks. Jahan Dotson, that's an interesting one, right? And Christian Watson and George Pickens. Pickens, yeah. I would say this. He would be in the Watson, Dotson, Pickens bucket for me. Hmm. Which that's not, that's not bad. No, no. I, I do like him. But Pickens was a second round. Watson was the second round. And I think Dotson, was he a second or third round? I think he might have. No, he was a first. He slipped into the first, which mm-hmm. I was a little surprised about. But he, he played well this year. But I don't think, I, I mean, people are in I've seen Johnston is the number one wide receiver in this class. I'm not even. I have now fallen. Give me the Garrett Wilsons, Stephon Diggs, Jerry Judys all year round. And yeah. I, I, I'll just spoil it. I am all in on Jordan Addison. The USC wide receiver dude. He's this year's Garrett Wilson, Chris Chris Olave. Unbelievable route runner. I'll take him. Hanging his hat. John took off his hat and hung it. (laughs) I mean, I'm just falling in love with the elite route runner who can get immediate separation and can get open deep. I mean, think about if Garrett Wilson had a, a, a quarterback who was competent. Look at the numbers he had with four different quarterbacks, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable when you think about it. If you Absolutely, actually watch- man. <laughs> John, I want to switch it up a little bit yeah. really quick before we get out of here. All right, brother. So what's something, some advice that you can give these guys? And it can't be going to the rookie big board. It can't be going to FF diehards. It can't be being right here on rookie fever but some advice that these guys can do while they're in maybe their Debbie drafts, their rookie drafts, maybe just some off-season tweaks. What's what's some advice, something maybe you're doing to some of your teams? The number one thing, have your own rankings and believe your own rankings. Do not be intimidated by someone else's rankings. It's okay to be off a player. Everyone gets them wrong. Even NFL teams, and they're they're incentivized by hundreds of millions of dollars to get it right, and they yeah. get it wrong. Matthew Have Barry gets it wrong. What? Matthew what Barry gets it wrong. There you go. Every so if you have your own rankings and however you come up with them, that's you know I watch film, I have a model, but however you come up with them, have your rankings and feel good about them, and don't waver. I had Garrett Wilson last year, number one. Not everyone did. I never wavered. I loved him, and he was the number one. Um, I'm try- I had Devonta Smith three years ago at number three. Some people, I, I mean, they, they thought he was too small at 166. Devonta Smith has proven me wrong. He's done awesome. And he's Dude. he's got the toe tap, John. Oh, he's got the dude. He, 
I mean, he. I think he's even become better. Yep. At Philadelphia as a route runner than he was at Alabama. And let me tell you, his Heisman year, he was insane at Alabama. But I actually think he's worked on his craft and even become better. I was watching some tape of the, getting ready for the Giants playoff game. I was watching some tape of just Devonta Smith. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy, he can't be covered. Like, there's just times where the Eagles are so good. They have so many players. It's a Miles Sanders game. It's a three-touchdown game from Jalen Hurts. A.J. Brown just eats somebody up. The mismatch is too much. They give it. But, man, Devonta Smith is so freaking good, dude. You can't cover him. Now, Howie Roseman, I'll say the right thing. He corrected his Jalen Rager. He swallowed the bullet. He got A.J. Brown, my best friend. And my coworker are both Eagles fans. And I say to him all the time, while I love Devonta Smith, he's not a classic alpha. A.J. Brown, the simpatico between Brown and Smith, I they're to me the most, maybe T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. But that's so damn close, my friend. That simpatico and their different skill sets between A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith are absolutely incredible because you have to deal with A.J. Brown first. And there's not many players who can handle Devonta Smith one-on-one. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. John, it is always a pleasure to have you here to myself, but it's even more of a pleasure to be able to share you with Rookie Fever and everybody else listening to the show. Can't thank them enough for tuning into the Rookie Fever player profiles as well. I know Fenero's dropping them all year all year all year for narrow that's a big feat you're you're going all year <laughs> all year on us that left there that is at grid iron skull 91 on twitter i am at swagzilla zero 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 g on twitter this is at rookie fever and i think we're out i think we're out john appreciate you so much thanks brother rookie fever when you kiss me, fever when you hold me tight. Fever in the morning, fever all through the night. Sun lights up the daytime, moon lights up the night. I light up when you call my name, and you go. One-on-one scouting is never done, this stupid throw and run I told you anyone, size and speed just unreal Landing spot, not ideal, wait, wait, just break out It's for rookie fever stage Romeo loved Juliet Juliet, she felt the same When he pulled his arms around her He said, Julie, baby, you're my friend Now we get a fever When we kiss it, fever without blaming you Fever I'm a fire, you'll be a burn for soon. So who's got the 
fever Cause I got the fever Now you got the fever So she got the fever And she got the fever No cure for the fever So let's feed the fever Thank God for the fever Thank God for the fever Fever, now you got the 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 f